Sam, fact check is just opening my fridge. And just going through my fridge. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Whatever you want. Mikasa is Sukasa. Thanks for asking. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, no, man. No. Why would I want you to ask before you just start stealing from me? That's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to have water. I don't. I never want you to have water again. If you're gonna oh, have water, take it out of the tap. I filter that water with my own hands, my own two hands. Coming to you live from a humble north side abode and Dublin, Ireland. This is the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your hosts, Drunk Shy Sox fan, who's the one in Ireland, and Hot Take Tommy. Today we'll discuss Europe, Yonder Alonzo, and John Jay, and how our lineup should look every single day. All brought to you by The Loop Sports and sponsored by Mark Walters Media. Yeah, someone's a little vacuuming right now. Tell them to, tell them to buzz off. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm, Wait, I'm what language do they speak in Ireland? You have to tell them to buzz off in Gaelic. Oh, God. Nobody speaks Gaelic. <laughs> Apparently, they take it, in, uh, they take it in, in middle school, so, hey, they might. <laughs> okay, so, um, I think... What I kind of want to chit-chat about right quick is a that... White Sox baseball? Well, yes, we need to get there. But the straight commitment that you have... You you know, we could have phoned it in today. We could have phoned it in and said, you know, all right, we're not going to record because you're in Europe and it w- the time changes and the blah, blah, blah. But we said no. Okay, Sam does point out, fact check did point out just now that technically we're phoning it in, literally. I think think right now we are literally phoning in, whereas what you meant. Yeah, that's a saying, you know? That's a saying. Metaphorically, exactly. You metaphorically meant phoning it it in, just say, we're calling it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're we're calling it. But we're not doing that. We're saying Steve Smirt doesn't give a crap exactly by phoning it in we're not phoning it in (laughs) so (laughs) this is the commitment we have but um so starting off there and then saying um did you see jose abreu's home run today he literally hit it not just over the green monster but out of fenway park i I personally, I'm sure it's happened before, but I've personally never seen a ball hit that far at Fenway. A lot of balls that get hit over the Green Monster do leave Fenway because there's not much room to yeah, spare there's there. there's only like three three rows there, but I don't think I've ever seen one over those three or yeah. four rows that are there. Yeah, I've definitely seen some, but at the same time, yes. Jose clobbered that ball. Fucking um, Yeah, I was going to bed, and I... Thanks to White Sox Twitter, I just pulled it on my phone and White I'm Sox like Twitter scrolling. coming in in the clutch as per yeah. usual. Indeed. So <laughs> I was just like scrolling through comments and it was like blown save by Kyle May, and I was like, oh jeez. And then 
right after that it was like massive homer like oh my god <laughs> so which and you'd think if we were talking white Sox baseball and column a blew his first save that would be the story of the day but no thank god it's true that's not his first bone save is it yeah he was literally perfect that's to right. save opportunities until that that's until right today because the the game against washington we were tied right yes yes exactly so that wasn't and he what he didn't even, no he didn't even come in no, yeah, it was the ninth, wasn't it? Or was it the eighth? I can't remember. Was, it was non-save yeah. opportunity, though. So he was mortal in that game and is mortal again today. Yeah, because today was in the eighth, too. That's something to keep in mind. You can still have a born save opportunity point, point, in the point. eighth inning. You're not wrong. So. But, here, but, yeah, so he gets the win, though, which is the funny part. So he blew the save and gets the win. Indeed. So big... Big props to Jose Abreu. Who did he hit in? Who was on base? Um, I don't actually know. I was I was just paying attention to the ball clearing the the green monster <laughs> and like I was like, no fucking way! I like grabbed fact check. I was like, look at this. This is what a dong looks like. I was like, this is an educational moment for you. This is important. <laughs> this is what a this is what a dong looks like. That's so like I don't know. I don't know how to comment on that. <laughs> so, do the White Sox sign Jose Abreu? They have to. They have to. You know, what would the outcry be? You know, like, you don't sign a silver slugger? What the heck? You have the payroll to do so? If nothing else, like, this is... I want the White Sox to pull a White Sox move here. You know what I mean? Like, a White Sox mm-hmm. move would be to sign the guy based on, like, loyalty to him and, um, you know, like, past performance for us. Stuff like that. You know how the White Sox do that crap all the time? Like, bring back guys in the past their prime. I want the White Sox to do that for Jose Abreu. I think he deserves it so much. But, like... I know I'm going to get flack for that, but I, I just like, and I don't think he's past his prime either. Here's the thing. He's going to be productive for us, and I just want to get him a big contract because the man deserves it. Mm-hmm. And extensions are in vogue anyway, so let's just jump on the bandwagon, get the guy a four-year extension, let him know that he's worth, like, this is the other thing is then we show our players, the young ones, like, hey, look, if you perform, we'll pay you. You know what I mean? It's fair. You're setting a mentality that you're loyal. Setting a mentality that you're loyal to your guys. Setting a mentality that the pocketbooks are open. And signing the man for a long time. For sure. Thanks, True. Sam. Um, so what, uh, what do you think know. of this whole possible them trading Rahim? for prospects and then because he's an unrestricted free agent next year them going back and him coming to chicago wow i mean you'd really have to do it to the league like to make that work like there, there's just too many variables you like the right i think like it's really easy to lose him if he goes and performs on a you know a contender team right like absolutely you you cuz there's no there's no disguise in the fact that he's been you know hiding under a rock with the white Sox and how poor we've been um for the past you know 5 6 years you know so 
now if we let the rest of the world see him, which they should have been paying attention, and if they start paying attention, they'll like they'll steal him from us, and I don't want that, you know. And that's like the most like um the most selfish side of me as a White Sox fan is like I want all the Jose Abreu to myself, but at the same time, it's just there's too many uncontrollable variables out there to s sign him like send him away and get like i don't think we'd get a great return for him to be completely honest just um uh, i think we value him pretty highly and the rest of the leagues like don't value him too highly otherwise we would have been traded in the past mm -hmm. and on top of that like people i've like i hear all over the place that prospects are the this is the most valued prospects have ever been is this point in baseball history so right. no team is gonna like let go of like really really good prospects for jose abreu right now so right why as a rental yeah as for a, as sure a, as a rental for half a season nobody's gonna like give away something that would actually make an impact in our farm system and make an impact during our window so there's no reason to do that now when we could just extend him and put all the rumors to bed. Fair. All right, switching topics. What do you think of John Jay? <laughs> I here's my thing. So I um I was in a heated Twitter. Uh, I saw a heated Twitter exchange. I actually wasn't part of it, but um, John Jay. Yeah, I. I basically like what's what's the harm what's what's the problem you know he's not taking field time away from anybody that m really matters right now so what's everybody's rub you know like let him play let him be a veteran presence let him do his thing he's not like hurting us by being out there so let him do his thing yeah that makes sense i'm with you i mean it's I'm done. I'm personally done with the Charlie Tilson and Ryan yeah. Cordell experiment. Yeah. Um, they're both. Well, I was totally I, on board with Cordell, but he's dropped off like. No, he's recently. He's showing his true, his true ceiling. Um, yeah, that's fair. I'm going to, I'm going to be real. I don't think the Ryan Cordell ceiling is extremely high. Um, I still like the chances of Charlie Tilson being like, a fourth or fifth outfielder on a team. Um, yeah, that's fair. But also, we also have a lot of prospects that if they do pan out, there won't be... This is if they do pan out, right? Yeah. Um, right. There won't be a spot for him on the roster. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I like... I honestly... I know there were some people that were like, what is the point of having John Jay on a rebuilding team and it's for a year like yeah right exactly. now he right now he's a placeholder until uh la pantera or uh <laughs> Lou bob yeah whatever nickname you want to give him exactly um but until robert is up mm -hmm. um he's truly a placeholder veteran placeholder yeah yeah and the um the way that Tom Paints said it. He's the guy that I was talking about watching a heated exchange from at Tom underscore Paints. I'm all in I'm all for John Jay adding major league experience and a bat to the outfield. I don't believe Tilson and Cordell are in the same plans as anything 
more than possible call-up guys uh, if people are injured. And I'm not worried about their reps. I like a veteran depth in the outfield with Jay, which, like, that's totally spot on with what we're saying. But um, people gave him flack for that straight off the bat and being like, "What? what's the... Like, what's the benefit of seeing a right, uh, veteran in right field? So I guess I'll flip that question to you. What do you think the benefit of having a, quote, veteran guy like this guy, um, like John Jay, what does that do for, for I don't know, uh, Mankata and uh, TA and stuff like that? How about it increases the chances of winning ball games? I, I'm up. tired. I'm really tired of seeing – this whole like throwaway mentality with the year. Um, I think that's been the biggest frustrating part is now. Yes. We're four games below 500. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that being said, like what would happen if it it makes you play the what if game in your head? What if Dylan Cease was up? What if they actually went out and got a veteran pitcher that could pitch legitimate endings on not like Odorissim or Despagnier or um, who was the other guy, Irvin Santana. I almost <laughs> forgot about him. <laughs> Good. The one away guys never even saw him pitch. They just, yeah. And then um, you've got, um, in addition to that, you have, um, you have a lot of offensive woes right now. Like as much as it may seem like, the offense has improved greatly from last year, which it has. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not good, and it ranks in the bottom third of every major category in Major League Baseball. Yes. Yeah, and um, exactly so putting what you're somebody. I, I'm sick yeah. of them losing on purpose. And I like I get that losing on purpose gets you more draft picks, but we don't even draft well anyway. So... Most of our, <laughs> like, most of the rebuild has been, like, playing badly, but I don't feel like we even needed to play that badly because we got all of our pieces from big-name trades for pieces we had before the rebuild began anyway. And then flipping guys that we picked up in free agency. Those are, like, all of our trades. So losing on purpose does us no good because we suck at drafting. And therefore, build a winning culture now for the guys that are around. And I think, like the to lose now does you the opposite of good. Like you need to win now. Like this is where you start winning. Exactly. And if you want to become a ball club that's marketable for a decent free agent signing, like there's a reason why somebody like uh geo gonzalez went to milwaukee for a four like a four or five million dollar contract right for a year is because he has the chance to win something significant yeah and then you look uh to the north side and you see lester like the cubs hadn't won really much of anything at the time when he joined but they had started to turn that page and look like a team that was getting to be good like they were on the edge and we need to be that team that's on the edge and what was exciting was when we had joel brand on uh and he said like from the outside looking in he looks at us and he says like man they're like one year off they're two years off but 
he's a guy from he's looking at it from he sees us a lot as a Twinkies fan. You know, I want to have it so that the rest of the league is looking around and they see us and they they're like, "Wow, they're like, you know, one year away, two years away, whatever it is." And that draws free agents and like, you know, money this way so that it you know, we do end up winning a couple more ball games, but that being said, like I just lose now mentality has never been. It's over now. I it's, mean, well, I, it's, I, I un- my thing is like I never thought it had a place in the rebuild. Like that's obviously like people will like argue against me and say like, no, you really do need to lose for a while. But like, what the heck's the point of losing? Like, yeah, that doesn't I mean, the only that doesn't benefit you in any way. Yes, draft the picks, o- but draft. The only are point. Stupid. The <laughs> only point I will argue on that one is in the 2016 draft. So if the White Sox would have let, oh, something is going on outside. <laughs> you know, doubling those tough streets. You already know. So the only point I will argue is that in the 20 after the 2015 season, 2016 draft, you've got. If the White Sox would have let, or if they would have let Detroit beat them out in the Central, they would have had the worst record in Major League Baseball. And Casey Mize would have been in the Chicago White Sox organization. Yeah, I know we would. I know we got Madrigal, and people are really high on Madrigal, but Casey Mize is going to be a surefire ace. Like he's just going to be incredible. So, yeah, with, I mean, with that be- with that being said, you can't, you know, whatever at we- this point. Exactly. Whatever. At this point, we missed what uh, by one pick, and like, look at the look at the thing. The thing is, though, like you you pick one, two, three, or four, maybe even one through five. Like you're gonna get a good guy. It's about how you develop him from there on out. So, I I mean, I, and look at like, I always p- bring this up, but look at the Rays. Look at the Astros. Look at the freaking Oakland Athletics. Like they always like have these random ass guys that they just find ways to make good like there are ways to get good guys on the roster without like bottoming out every season and good guys in the the minors without bottoming out every season i mean look at the goddamn yankees all right so first of all screw those guys and yes they use a lot of money to get to fill up their like minors minor league systems but they were down like all of their all-stars for the first half of this season, and they're still in first in the AL East by a wide margin. So, again, like this just supports the point that it's like lose now tank culture just pisses me off because it, it like it doesn't really benefit you in the long run because then you have a culture of like oh it's actually okay to lose uh, or right. even like you know, the city wants us to lose or something like that. And that's like, it's so frustrating to me. For sure. I think there's a huge difference between tank culture and tank temporarily. Like you see tanking, not tanking too. I think like understanding that tearing something from the ground up and being at the bottom of, of the league, like when you tear something down and rebuild it from the ground up, you're going to be at the bottom of the league period. Like it's just going to happen if you do it correctly. Um, if you're trading away the pieces that are actually worth something. Right. Um, but with that being said too, like, yeah, I, 
the window the window is finally starting to open for the Sox organization, so they need to start doing it. So yeah, bring like, on John Jay. They need Jay. to start capitalizing. Um, yeah, for now, it's a gap filler, for sure. But I, it doesn't, it's not going to be a detriment to your rebuild, you know. Yeah, my real hope is that John Jay and Yonder Alonso being in the same ball club actually makes Yonder Alonso play well because they're buddies so hopefully that actually does something but no no promises obviously oh yeah for sure so in regards to like the Sox regular day lineup now with jay in it where do you want to see him bat do you want to see him bat lead off do you want to see him bat i mean today he batted sixth which is fascinating batted sixth he's he batted six days in a row actually so what do you think sixth i don't like the sixth spot is kind of like burying him almost but at the same time like leary garcia has uh been the leadoff guy and he i think like it's fair to him to say like look you've earned this spot like you're good at the leadoff spot so until like um somebody like jay is on a streak that merits him the leadoff spot you don't take away Mm -hmm. because like to take away the leadoff spot from Leary is saying, like, you're really good at this, but we're going to take it away from you anyway just because this guy's healthy. You know, that that's right, not exactly. right. Then that no, sets a bad precedent for your ball club as well. Something I've noticed is that Leary just doesn't hit anywhere else. For some reason, he really hits in the one <laughs> spot. Yeah. And I'm hoping I'm hoping he's, at like, our nine hitter come next year. Yeah, that'd if, be, that'd if be Robert nice. is up and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um because and it, everybody it, at home it, just said, but Madrigal, but Madrigal would be laid off. Wait, not next year. Pump the bricks. Not uh, the beginning well, of the year. You go tell Sox Twitter that. Nah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's be real. I, I like a guy with a little bit of power. You're um, right. Up at the front. And look as, what Schwarber does as, on the north side. As much as Madrigal has the possible ceiling to be a leadoff guy. Um, I really like the idea of Robert at one. So, but yeah. anyway, like Leary becoming like the nine hitter for next year, I really like that just because like his OBP numbers aren't spectacular, and I want somebody that's going to be consistently on base and a leadoff spot. Okay, and we should wrap up soon here. To be honest, so really quick, one through nine. What's no? Your... And I love that you bring this up. Because yes. now with Jay in the mix, because I, as I told you before, I, I sent out a tweet the other day, and so it was probably about a week ago, being like, hey, here's an idea for one through nine. What if I told you this should be the Sox starting lineup? Right. The batting order for normal days. Mm-hmm. Now that's changed. People can go back and look on that. <laughs> I'll actually pin it to my, to my profile. But yeah. M- my opinion has changed, okay? And here it is, mm. one through nine for right now. This isn't one through nine for next year. Right, This right. isn't one through nine for the, the the future. This is one through nine at the moment. This is me playing Ricky Renteria, not playing Rick Hahn, right? <laughs> yes. Um, because that would be a different game. Exactly. Um, so I would have Leary still hitting off or hitting leadoff, right? Doesn't hit anywhere else. He's doing well on the spot. Once again, I'm hoping later, because of his OBP, like he gets dropped down to like a nine spot. I think he'd be a really solid nine hitter. Yeah. Um, two, 
No, this is this is where I get people. Okay, and I've actually changed it up a little bit. I really want James McCann at the two spot. Interesting. So he's got the highest OBP number on the team. Um, why not give him more opportunities at the plate? We're not out here stealing bases. We're not out here playing small ball. You don't need a guy with major speed on the base pass in the two spot. Have McCann hit two. That's my thoughts. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. I'll, 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 you know, continue to go through here. I like Yohan in three when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He's got enough power. He's got a uh, high enough OBP. Um, he's a consistent run producer um, and a guy that'll give you a chance consistently um, in in the three spot. Like, he's going to give you a chance to drive in runs. He's going to give you a chance to get on base if the other two guys don't, right? Yeah. Um, in my uh, four spot, yeah. here's another place where people disagree with me, but um, I'll tell you, going to the Cubs game, the Cubs-Sox game uh, last Wednesday with Ferrucci and talking to him about this, like, Eloy needs to be moved up in the order. Um, wow. I don't you know don't if this is... You bet and clean up. What's wrong with you? So here's where I'm at, and I'll tell you in a second. So Eloy is tied for second for home runs on the team. He has 60 less plate appearances than Moncada. He's tied with Moncada for second most home runs, and he has 60 less plate appearances. Right. Yeah. He, it, your cleanup hitter isn't supposed to be somebody that's necessarily an RBI guy. It, it's a guy that's going to, in my opinion, especially in the way our lineup is is built, is that. It's a guy who is going to bring dangerous power. Hmm. And he has dangerous power. Um, now, the guy behind him also does with Jose Abreu. His OBP is too low for the three-hole. Okay? Like, hmm. I could understand if you exchange four and five with Eloy and Abreu, but Abreu should never be batting three. His OBP is too low for that, and he's an RBI machine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then quickly... Um, so six, seven, TA, eight, nine. so TA, I'll go through the next few TA anchor for the back half. Hmm. Um, I originally said lead off for him. Yeah. I went back on that because he, I don't want to put him in a spot where he's not going to be in the future, you know? Yeah. Thinking, no, thinking fair. on that's the fair. future and thinking on the rebuild, I, he'll never be hitting lead off. So nice why do it from you? Um, seven is at this point, um, actually, I, to be honest with you now, because Jay is in the lineup, I like Jay at seven. Yeah. Um, he's got the potential to be a high OBP guy. Um, slugging percentage is too low for six or five or anywhere in that mix. Right. Um, so that would leave, uh, Yomer at no, I take that back. I like Collins at eight on most days. Okay. Um, it's official. Yonder is garbage. Okay. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yep. I don't understand how the, and speaking of throwaway games, that Sunday game at Texas was a complete throwaway game. The fact that Yonder Alonzo was in the lineup, the fact that he made that, he was playing first, the fact that he made an error, a very bad error. Yeah, that the was fact bad. that, that was an ugly he too, yeah. struck out with, I think, two runners in scoring position. Yep. As well. Yep. Late in the game, it's throw away. You're just you're you're throwing the game away, yep. right? So with that being said, Collins, 
you know, gives, I, I'm all for the theory, give Zach his hacks. Yeah, true. Um, Hashtag give Zach little, his hacks. <laughs> give Zach his hacks. Um, and then the nine spot will be wrapped up by, um, by Yolmer. Um, he's a higher OBP guy on the team. Yep. So he can kind of get the bottom of the order rolling. Need be. Uh, slugging percentage is too low to be any higher. Exactly. Yes, no, he doesn't do so. any extra base hits. Um, so the takeaway is that every time we see um, your man Yonder Alonso in the lineup, we have to hashtag give Zach his hacks. <laughs> yes, give <laughs> Zach that, his hacks. <laughs> okay. Um, so then for me, uh, you got Leori up front for reasons already stated um, in, in the one spot. Moncada, I like him in the two spot, actually. Uh, I think he just, you know, he's got that high average, honestly. And that's kind of what I, I, I'm happy with. And then, like, let's be real. You get Moncada behind Leary, and you get, like, a bloop and a blast. And there you, there you have it. You got a 2 nothing game at the beginning of the, of the game. And, like, I'm not saying that's going to happen all the time. But, like, in theory, it's beautiful. And then I actually like... Um, I'm going to agree with you, and I never want to see Jose Abreu in the three spot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put T.A. there because I want to get him more at Whoa. Yes. Wow. Always and forever. But you know I'm a big T.A. guy. Wow. And let's, let's be real. Like, give him a higher spot in the order. Like, I don't think he's doing well low in the order. So bump him up in the order, and he'll – because his production has dropped off significantly since April for sure. But even since May, or was May his? No, yeah, since April for sure. Um, but like, get shake him up a little bit, have him like in a different spot, give him a different mindset, and maybe he'll have up that production again. So then, uh, you know, I want clean up Abreu, obviously, duh. Um, and then Eloy coming out strong with the power bat right after him. And then this is where it gets a little hazy for me. I'm sliding James McCann in at my sixth spot. You've got your highest OBP guy at the sixth spot. That's hey, so fascinating. You, you. This is how you said it. I want him anchoring the back half of the lineup because you don't want to have like the back half be weak as knobs, right? So you want a guy who's on base in the back half of the lineup, and that's my James McCann ingredient. Who's going to drive him in? We'll get there. We'll get there. So <laughs> <laughs> right after uh, James McCann, we've got, and this is this is mostly for jest, but I think it's great. You're gonna throw John Jay right after him. He gets a little, he gets a little single. He gets his his sacrifice bunt crap that he likes to do, um, and then right after him, none other than his best friend Yonder Alonso. Is going to be coming in Stop. strong because his best buddy's on base. He's got to be right behind him. Yeah. Stop. It's going to work, man. It's going to work. No, it's no. You're and kidding then, right now. No, Hashtag never. give Zach his hacks. <laughs> and, then, and then the nine spot is going to be Zach Collins. And uh, yeah, so left off the list is Yolmer. He's a pinch runner, pinch hitter situation kind of guy. Left off the list is off both of our lists is Jose Rondon. I mean, the well, guys. Yes, but who's. Here's my question. Who's playing second base for you? Uh, man, you got to bring logic in here. 
Oh, yeah. See, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Yonder can't play second base for you. He can barely <laughs> play first. <laughs> he can barely. No, nah, nah, give him, give him his, <laughs> give Zach his hacks and give Yonder second base. That's that's the that's the other hashtag. Wow. But we'll <laughs> see. Yonder we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> it's a good idea. All right. You gotta have the uh, best buddies right next to each other in the lineup. I think the last minute of us talking is what I want clipped and sent to me. And I just want to post that on the internet for everybody to hear. <laughs> just like get, everybody just throwing rotten tomatoes at the metaphorical <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> Boo this man. Boo this man. <laughs> yes. But uh, so, yeah, those are our one through nines um, for this season. This is us playing Rick Renteria, not Rick Hahn. That was well put. So, um, yeah, I mean, that being said, um, do you have any other closing thoughts before we uh, like wrap up a little bit here? Um, I've got one major closing thought, and it's that DFA under Alonzo. Yeah, I mean, um, it's yeah. it, at this point you you have to. Um, I he's taking up a roster spot. He is. He's a he's a wasted roster spot, and it's it's painful to see veteran guys who can't contribute anything yeah being a part of the rebuild and being part of your everyday lineup like he's taking bat at bats away from guys like zach collins yeah or um in some cases maybe like if you really want to see charlie tilson get some hacks in there too yeah like it's taking at bats away from young guys that you're trying to develop or trying to see what they're capable of one thing that the front office said is that what like they're not going to bring up Zach Collins unless he's playing in a regular capacity they have the opportunity now to play him in a regular capacity if so they get rid of Yonder Alonso you have to and I guess DFA isn't the right word because I don't think he has an assignment for AAA no exactly it, yeah he would it's, be it's, it's released. released so yeah like, I mean, uh, they're wi- they're willing to part ways with Nicky Delmonico exactly so much. Exactly what I was just gonna say. Like, like same thing. Like, you gotta start trimming the fat here. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, we didn't get Manny Machado, and this guy's not producing. So, what's the benefit of having him on the roster? So, yeah. So I when mean, this is when be- about time. When beef's healthy, who goes right? Wow, that's that's deep. the real question. And it's not gonna when, be beef because. That he <laughs> sue me, all right, sue me. He was hitting pretty well when he went down. Yeah, he was not doing terrible. Exactly. I'm much better than much better than yonder. And Reynaldo Lopez still likes pitching to him, so I'll tell you who Reynaldo Lopez doesn't like pitching to. Yonder Alonso. <laughs> so. I'm sure he would hate that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's about time. Um, there's there's it, like you said, there's no benefit. He's taken up a roster spot. He's this is my thing is he's had the time to prove it that he's worth having in this lineup, and he hasn't done it. Like it's the it's almost the All Star break, and he's still batting under 200. The guy sucks at right now. And like I'm not saying he can't be good again in the future. I don't like to put that on people like that. Like he's still a veteran. He's still like he has proved that he's good at baseball, 
but he's not doing it this season for us. So he's got to go away, go find his himself again, go on some like find yourself journey, self care thing. I don't know, and then get back at baseball, but not in a White Sox uniform, please and thank you. Yeah, go find yourself journey like Michael Kopech's been doing. On yes, his go go <laughs> hang out with Michael Kopech and like climb Camelback <laughs> Mountain or something. I don't know. Like, go be go be wilderness man. Yeah, go find yourself in the wilderness yonder, and then go play for like Seattle or something. I'm looking forward to Kopech being back in a White Sox uniform because wilderness Kopech is is starting to scare me a little bit. Wilderness Kopech is gonna be the man. He's gonna, he's, you know what he is? He's Madison Bumgarner 2.0 is what he is. Wow, hot take, Tommy, right here. Am I wrong? Never. He's got he's got the potential. <laughs> He has the potential. So straight up, and his fastball's faster than Mads. <laughs> so, Sam Bruns, I know you said you didn't want to do this, get put on the mic, but here we are. You had a great, great time recording with us today. You did steal from me. I, I, I can't lie about that. You stole from the fridge without my permission. But I do want you to, to just say one thing for me. Uh, and you, kn- you know what to say when I say this. Rebuild or bust. And hand we trust. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>